Saturday, December 19th, 2020, you are listening to the Inquisitive Bro Podcast. On today's episode, the NBA season is upon us, and we are about to get you ready for the Western Conference. Lakers beef up their roster, Warriors dealt a huge injury blow, but is Steph Curry poised for a massive comeback season? Paul George and the Clippers take two, and Houston, we have a problem. All this and more as we preview the West. I'm Andrew, he's Chris, let's go. So as we mentioned in the intro, this is part two of our NBA season preview. If you didn't catch part one, go check it out. We broke down everything going on in the East, but right now we are talking about the West. Weaker than we've seen it in a long time. Are you sure about that? Yeah, this is the first year in a long time where I think the East is substantially better than the West. Oh, I disagree with you on that. I still think the West is better. It's just that these teams... Other than the Lakers, none of these teams really changed, but they're still good. Since like 09, the West was easily 10, 11, 12 teams deep. I'm looking right now, and we're going to get through where I see these guys finishing in the standings. But I have, after five, I don't have any real contenders. Well, no, but these are like, there's a lot of good teams here. Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, um, Trailblazers. Well, we're um, going to get into that. So you named four of the top five that I have. So this is how I see the West finishing after the regular season. Lakers won. That seemed like an obvious pick. Yeah. Even if they coast and they rest, guys, I still don't see anybody making a big enough leap to take that number one seed. See, I'm just going to jump in there and that I think the Lakers are the best team. Yeah. But I don't know if they'll necessarily get the first seed because LeBron has shown this in the past, LeBron teams. He doesn't give a shit about the first seed, especially if he knows he already has the best team. But he didn't care last year. They still got it. Yeah, I know, but he played a lot. Maybe like with a condensed schedule, the co- this season specifically, they'll rest LeBron and AD a lot more. I think they'll be very careful with them. But hold and up, hold up. Next is thing it- you know, maybe a team like the Nuggets, a team that is going to be going gung ho during the regular season, uh, and the Nuggets like uh, end up with the number one seed. I okay. can totally see that. I-, I think you made a wrong point though. You said condensed season. The season is shorter as far as games, but I don't think the games are actually closer together. I think this actually helps LeBron more because he's playing less games over the same amount of time. No, they are close together. Like more back to back? Yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. Well, then maybe that hurts LeBron. But either way, I got them at number one. Maybe they slip to number two, and maybe my number two pick, the Nuggets, win the West. Yeah. Well. I just said I could see the Nuggets winning the West. But yeah, number two, Nuggets, makes sense. Uh, Jamal Murray in the bubble was real. The guy's really good. And Michael Porter Jr. poised for a big breakout as their third star. That guy's a stud. I have some concerns about the Nuggets, but we will get into that. Number three, I got the Utah Jazz. Ooh, okay. I I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. number four is the Clippers for me. And between the Jazz and the Clippers, Clippers are nothing but dysfunction. I don't see it as a big take to have them Jazz Clippers 3-4. Don't you think they'll be more functional, though, this year? The Clippers, that is? Not necessarily. I mean, again, we'll get into it, but like Pat Bev and Lou Will are still on the roster. They lost Montrell, sixth man of the year. They're going to move those two guys I just mentioned. I, th- I don't know how the roster is going to shake up. I think Ty Lue is going to be a big difference maker. We will get into that. Yeah. Number five, Dallas Mavericks. Okay. Luca. That's their team. Yeah, <laughs> Especially do. until Porzingis comes back. It's, I think Luca's good enough to lead any team to a fifth seed. Number six, even with the Clay Thompson injury, I got Steph and the Warriors. Okay. Okay. Don't hate it. I had them at number seven. Uh, number seven is the Rockets. I had to put them seven because I don't even know how that team's going to look to start the season. I don't think James Harden will be a member of that team. And at that point, 
I don't even have them making the playoffs. So this may change depending on where Harden goes. But assuming Harden starts the season and plays the season out, which is not going to be the case, him, John Wall, and DeMarcus Cousins will finish at least 7th in the West. Well, I don't think that Harden's staying with the Rockets. Yeah, I don't, this think, so. season, I don't think so. Either. I think their season's going to be kind of a tire fire because it's just set up so terribly. Yeah, I mean, what I do think happens is that Harden is moved within the next four days uh, before the season starts, and then they end up falling to like 12th, 13th with Wall and DeMarcus. They probably move P.J. Tucker. They probably go well, full. Well, they're going to get, like, if they get Ben Simmons back, then they're going to be better than 12 or 13. No, that's true. I guess I wasn't considering who comes back. I guess we got to see who ends up getting dealt. But for now, I got them in 7th. The Blazers, the always talented on paper and yet underachieving in the playoff Blazers. I have them at the 8th seed. Underachieving in the playoff, how? Well, I mean, they've had some really they good They lost teams. the championship team last year, and then the year before that, they made the conference finals. I know, but they've been running Damian and CJ back for a number of years, and I haven't been super impressed with any deep runs. Well, I mean, in 2019, the conference finals run is like pretty deep, but I get what I know what you're trying to get at, and that this team is basically the same team year in year out. And I agree with you. Like, this is still kind of the same team that they've had the past like three to five years. So, on one hand, that's kind of like disappointing, and you're not like super high on their ability to win a championship I don't think they can win a championship but can this team make a conference finals again yes I correct s- yeah. yeah every single every single year I say oh my goodness these guys are definitely a top four team in the west and then they finish seventh and I'm like well I'm not gonna make the mistake okay. again so I mean they eight. could finish eighth fine they like could. but I personally have them in the top five in the west yeah that's fair I think that's what they so finish. that's my top eight um nine is Suns okay frankly even if they like snuck into the playoffs I wouldn't be surprised um, and then I know you disagree on this, but in 10, I have the Spurs. Completely disagree. Yeah. I think the Spurs are one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. I think they finished like 13th or 14th. I think you're right, but the reason I think you're right is because I don't think the roster as currently constructed as on opening day is going to be the one that they finish with, as in they're going to move DeRozan, they're probably going to move Aldridge, and they're going to go full rebuild. Right. That, yes, but also even if they keep this roster together, I don't think this is a, a, a top 10 team in the West. I think... The Minnesota Timberwolves are better. The Suns are better. The Memphis so I, Grizzlies I, are better. I have the Suns like, better, but in 11, I have the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans are better than the Spurs. I think the Spurs are a really bad team this year. Okay, we'll see. You could be right. Uh, 12, I got the Wolves. And then after that, it's the Kings, Grizzlies, and Thunder. Yeah. Who just aren't going to make any kind of move. You think the, the th- Grizzlies the- were better than the Spurs? They yeah. have nobody. They got John Moran, that's it. Uh, they have Brandon Clark. They got Dylan Brooks. Yeah, so they got nobody. Oh, those are good players. Those are good players. You just haven't seen much of them. They're good players. That's my top 15 for the West. Let's get into the burning questions. Go for it. Okay. So, Andrew, first question. Are the Lakers unquestionably the best team in the league? Yeah. Next question. (laughs) Unfortunately, yeah. This is not a team like the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry Warriors where they're, like, so clearly so much better. But at the same time, like, this is... The best team in the league, clearly the favorite to win the championship, repeat, but they are beatable, is what I would say. They're not, they're not like unbeatable. Yeah, like they're not one of the greatest teams of all time. No. Okay, no, they're not. But this is my reason for why I think the answer is yes to are they the favorites. Look at what they did over the offseason. Without these moves, if they had come back with the exact same team, my answer would have been the same. But they got rid of Danny Green, they got rid of Rondo, so they got rid of nothing massive, and they somehow scammed OKC out of Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. That's a huge signing. I can't believe they pulled that off. Trade. They got Montrez Harrell from the Clippers, who's going to be okay. Like, sixth man of the year, but he's not amazing, but it's a good piece. Wesley Matthews, Marcus Saul, and they re-signed Markeith Morris. 
I think their roster on paper is better than it was last year. Yeah. I was very critical of Rob Polinka when he made the trade for Anthony Davis, only because I thought he way overpaid, and he did overpay. But you know what? They won a championship, and Anthony Davis and LeBron James could go down as arguably the best two-man uh, duo in league history. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what they did last year... What are you saying? What they did last year was ridiculous. Now, they're not going to have the longevity of some other great duos, like, for example, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, but what they did last year in the playoffs... I, I had that stat where no duo in NBA history has ever gone 25-plus point, points per game, 50% from the field. Like, okay, but we, talk, we talked about dominant. this. They're no, dominant. No, I know, but we talked about this when you brought up that point on one of the previous pods. There was, the reason for that is twofold. One, they were big, so they were able to shoot a high percentage because everyone was smaller than them. And two, they had such high usage rates, so both average 25 yeah. in the playoffs, because the rest of the team was pretty mediocre. Yeah, but it, was, it managed to do it. Look, like these two guys are that, like that, general. That is a bold claim, though. Scotty and Jordan won six championships, and Kobe and Shaq three-peated. Even Dwayne and LeBron were a better think, well, duo. Okay, well, forget the, the, the Jordan-Scotty thing. I think that LeBron and AD are better than, than Kobe and Shaq. Okay, well, that was young Kobe. Like, we didn't get to see prime Kobe with Shaq. But still, they went to four talking finals, about, yeah, talking and they about, won three of them. Yeah, Let's come back duos. in two years after yeah, the Lakers three-peat. I said they might. I said they might. That's, Look, a hot take. That's a hot take to start off with. You're going to be all fired <laughs> up. We're only, like, two minutes into this pod. <laughs> No, but, like, this team is incredible. I was very critical of Rob Palenka, like I said, but they won. And since that trade, though, every other move he's made has been really good. Yeah. And this offseason in particular, he, like, A-plus, A-plus grades for the Lakers offseason. Now, it helps when you're a destination and people want to go there anyway and you can sign guys for minimum deals, like, easy. Yeah. It's not as if... It's not Memphis. <laughs> yeah. It's not as if Memphis is like, hey, Mark, you want to come back? Um, it's like, no, I'd rather go to the Lakers and sign for the minimum. Some teams are just lucky like that. It's the basketball gods. Good things happen to the Los Angeles Lakers. And good things happen to LeBron teams. And to be honest with you... Cleveland Cavaliers would sign guys like this when they had yeah, LeBron. That's so, true. ring chasers. I'm not even sure if they're done. They have tradable pieces. That's true. Kuzma could be on the move. KCP could be on the move. They could still get better. Yeah, they have some assets that they can move. I could see them moving Alex Caruso, for example. Like, they don't give a shit. This team is... LeBron James, Anthony Davis, plus Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harold. They have moves to make. They're going to get better. They are clearly the best team. The best team in the league had the best offseason. Yep. That is a good combination. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, next question. What should the Rockets do with Harden? This seems like a no-brainer. We've talked about it a little bit on the East preview because he might be going to the East. Your thoughts? They should trade him before the season starts. Just yeah. rip the Band-Aid off. As much as I would love to have this drag out and make James Harden kind of just miserable. Yeah, as with the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I think they might be a little vindictive at this point, but I think, look, he, he showed up out of shape. <laughs> like, he looks Well, he showed, hold up. he showed up late. And out of shape. And out of shape. And irresponsibly going to clubs, which is specifically prohibited in the league's safety guidelines this year. You can't go to strip clubs and uh, nightclubs anymore. James Harden might still want to do that. Super unprofessional. Yeah. Like, he's now blatantly saying, I don't want to be here, and my actions are going to show yeah, it. This I assure you, if they had traded him earlier and he was on a different team, he would have been the perfect gentleman. He would have been in training camp two weeks ago. Yep, exactly. I agree. This is straight out of the, the Vince Carter petulant superstar handbook. It's pout um, and cry your way out yeah, because the franchise worked, is done. Worked for Anthony Davis. <laughs> Works for a lot of guys, Worked man. for PG-13. Yeah. Vince Carter was a trailblazer because now yeah, everybody started that. It's going to work for James Harden. I think they trade him within the first week of the season. I would not be surprised. And 
yeah, just rip the Band-Aid off, move on. We are recording this on a Saturday. Um, I would not be surprised if by the time this pod is live, he is on a different team. Yeah, Shams and guys like Woj have reported that Houston Rockets are uh, ramping up their trade discussions. And the big team is the 76ers. Yeah, it seems like that's the one. And it makes the most sense right now to the trades that are available. Ben Simmons is available for James. Do you want him? And I think they'll eventually kind of come to some sort of agreement. Maybe the 76ers have to throw in a little bit more. Maybe there's a third team involved and it's a bigger trade and like P.J. Tucker is going the other way as well. The Rockets are going to look vastly different. Um, their owner wants to cut money. I really think that the, the Rockets are going to go back to kind of like a little retool, bare bones. They're going to get their blue chipper. I think it's going to be Ben Simmons. I think that's just going to happen. And they'll go from there. And... We'll see what happens. But James is not going to stay on the Rockets this year. It still makes me laugh when they brought in the assistant coach uh, from Dallas, Paul Silas, to be their head coach. Like He's coming into a franchise with Westbrook and Harden and P.J. Tucker and a good perennial playoff team, and he's all excited. And then the second he gets there, everybody's like, get me the hell out of here. I feel bad for him. I do too. I feel bad for him, especially because you look at the press conferences. This is his first chance in an NBA team, and it doesn't matter if it was the Houston Rockets. Your first chance in an NBA team, you're excited. He probably had ideas for his whole life. This is how he'd like to run it. And you get your superstar in James Harden. Well, he throws a tantrum, and he's not even there, and you're stuck taking questions from the media being like, where's James now? Have you spoken with him? And he has to be like, I haven't spoken to him. I don't know where he is. And I don't know when he's going to be He's just drifting in the wind. I feel bad for him. Yeah, however, you do bring up a good point. If they do move Harden, they're not giving him away for free. There's a good chance Ben Simmons is coming back the other way. Simmons, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins is a team that does not work, but at least you have assets. You gotta stop bringing up DeMarcus Cousins as if he's like some key part of this team. He's a big name. Yeah, but he is not a key part of this team. This guy's a bit piece. Yeah, I know, but they're just they're taking a flyer injury, on him. Injury is the reason for that. He could come back and be relevant. He is so far away from what he was on the Kings. Very possible. All right, next question. Out of these teams, which team do you like the most and which team do you like the least? I will list them for you. I don't like any of these teams, so I don't know how you're gonna find one that you actually like. I can tell you why I hate each and every one of them, but I will let you go first. Teams are Clippers, Mavs, Nuggets, Blazers, Warriors, Jazz. Okay, so to peel back the curtain a little bit to the listeners out there, I wrote this question. Well, yeah. I found it interesting, and you are trashing on my question. Well, come up with some these good are answers. The other, like, okay, well, just these are the other, the other teams. Like, obviously, we know the Lakers. Yeah. But this is the next tier of teams in the West, and you're saying you hate all of them. I have something I can pick out issues with every single okay, one of them. I'll answer the question realistically and then you can go and trash every single one of these teams. How about okay, that? Go for it. Okay. The team that I like the most is the Clippers. Why? What is there to like about the Clippers? They struggled last year, but they still have Kawhi, they still have PG. I think they'll have better continuity this year. I think Serge Ibaka was a good signing for them. Yeah, I think so too. Um I think they'll make a move just like the Bucks that we said in the Eastern Conference preview. We say they need like a half court playmaker. This team needs that too. Yeah. They need a play, I would actually say a playmaking point guard this time. Okay. Pat Bev and Lou Williams. Lou can score, but he's not a playmaker. Correct. Pat Bev is a defender and kind of a spot-up shooter. They asked way too much playmaking responsibility out of Kawhi, and that's not really his game. Kawhi is giving the ball, I will score. He can playmake a little bit, but he's a scorer and a defender primarily. Yeah. They need a lead ball handler and kind of like a floor general out there. I think they get it, though. Yeah, I think so, too. And I don't know who's I available, think, though. You know, a guy like Kyle Lowry might be available. Maybe, maybe. Depending on how the season goes. Yeah. There's other guys. You can get a Derrick Rose. Although he's not I, really I hope type. it's not Kyle because there's nobody that they could send back that I would be happy with. No. It, well, I don't think you're getting that much. For Kyle? Like, I think you can do better than whatever the Clippers are going to offer. 
Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think so, too. It depends on what teams are interested. Listen, Clippers have issues. I think Ty Lue is going to be a huge difference. Similar to what he did in Cleveland. Took the same roster as a previous year. Insert Ty Lue, different result. So could that be the case this year? Yes. However, there is some issues within the roster. We still don't know who's cool with who. We don't know who's at odds from last year. They lost their sixth man of the year. Half the team is on the trading block. We're only a couple days away from the season starting. Like, there's a lot of open questions, which is the reason I'm not super high on the Clippers this year. They have the most talent out of those teams. So I just think, I think they can figure it out. I think they can make the conference finals. I think they could potentially make the finals. People are now again down on like Kawhi and PG and everything, but we're a year removed from them being like, holy shit, this team's amazing. Kawhi's still a great player when he's playing. PG had about as bad a season as you could have thought. Do I question his mental aspect and do I question his like personality? Yes. Do I think he's talented? Also, yes. Yeah. So I like them the best out of those teams. Okay. Who do you like the least? Uh, The Warriors. Really? I, you dislike the Warriors the most? Out of those teams, yeah. Okay. I was also going to potentially say the Utah Jazz, but I think the Utah Jazz are a really solid team. I just think Utah's going to be good, and I look at the Warriors losing uh, losing Clay Thompson, and this is really just Steph plus meh. Like, Draymond Green's another stage of his career. 2016, he peaked, and he was amazing. Yeah. And then since then, he's kind of like going back down. He's forgotten how to shoot again. Um, he's not as athletic. And this team's just feeling the brunt of all those championship runs you get capped out you lose assets you don't have any blue chippers and right now it's just kind of like steph plus like some well yeah pieces. i mean the big offseason move for them was the loss of clay thompson for the yeah. season kelly uber is a nice guy and i think andrew wiggins can, can probably have a bounce back year under the tutelage of steve kerr and uh some i'm excited to watch them i think they're a great uh, we'll get into this later. Like, I, I think, think they're a great league pass team yeah i think so too i think they're a playoff team but out of these like the top teams in the West, yeah, because of the Clay Thompson injury, I like the Warriors the least. Yeah, yeah. I'm also not a big fan of the Nuggets. Honestly, I think they caught lightning in a bottle last year. The playoffs, like, what is this team really without watching Jamal Murray drop 50 a night? Jokic, the Jamal Murray uh, Jokic high pick and roll is amazing. I'm just saying, like, it's one of the most see... unstoppable pick and rolls. But in the did league. we not see the their best last year? Oh. Look, Jamal Murray balled out. He's not he's not like a 40-point guy. Right. But he clearly has shown that he's a good player. He can get buckets in bunches, and he's always had that. He's becoming more cerebral, and he's developing. Like, I mean, he was still a young guy when he was drafted. He's still really young. He's a good player. This team is growing. This is a very exciting team. They have a bright future ahead of them, especially Michael Porter Jr. drafting him in the, in the late lottery, and he turns out to look, look like he's going to be a real big steal. Yeah. I like that team, but... You want to trash on every single team in the league. Go. So I'll go real quick. I mean, Clippers we already trashed on. Uh, I think they got some big issues internally, and the roster isn't set. The Mavs, I like the Mavs. Um, I just don't see them as a top-four team in the West because their offseason was pretty melodramatic. Like They didn't really do anything to improve. They're going to be better because Chris Tapps and Luka are also older. Well, when Chris, um, they, well Chris Tapps they lost has to Seth come back Curry. from his injury. They lost Seth, who I thought was a great piece for them. He had a good breakout year for them last year. They didn't get worse. They didn't really get better, so that's my issue with them. Uh, Nuggets, I'm worried that we saw the best of them already. The Blazers, we already crapped on. The Warriors, we touched on. And the Jazz were my least favorite team because of the whole issue with Gobert. So that's me crapping on all these teams briefly. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Satisfied? Yeah. Good. Next one. Most likely conference finals matchup. Go for it. Are we switching in between these questions or are you just going to ask them now? I'll ask them. You ask them. If I go for it, I'll go for it. You go. Most likely conference finals matchup. I'm going with the boring one. I think we get the Battle of LA this year. Yeah, I got the same thing. Okay. I don't even like it, but... 
I really wanted to say the Nuggets or the Mavs. <laughs> I think the Mavs would be such an exciting team to make it, but I just don't think this team is that team is good enough to like yeah. as a team itself. Yeah. I think yet. you're right. Lakers are a lock. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the pod so far. You know, here at the Inquisitive Bro, we're always thinking about ways to enhance your listening experience. And that's why I'm very excited to tell you about a new podcast add-on we're doing called Pod Notes. Now you may be wondering, well, what are pod notes and where can I find them? Well, basically, during the podcast, you may hear us from time to time make references to videos, images, charts, or graphs that we can't visually share with you because, well, you're listening to us. This is where pod notes come in. All the visual references that we make during the podcasts are going to be bundled into a single Instagram post that you can find on our Instagram page at the Inquisitive Bro. So look out for this pod's pod notes and the pod notes for future pods to come. Now, back to the pod. What should we expect from year two of Zion Williamson and Ja Morant? I'm going to start with Ja. I don't expect much. I expect him to develop a little bit as a player. I do like him. Um, He's a raw talent, very similar to a young Derrick Rose, a Westbrook. um, Super athletic, but really not much of a refined game. So You don't expect much? No. Kid was a stud last year. Yeah, no. I think he's great, but like I expect incremental increase this year in his game and I expect the team to be completely irrelevant like check back with me when he's either on a different team or when they get some pieces because he's going to be putting up great numbers on a terrible team for at least two three years Memphis has no options right now this was kind of meant as a, a player question not how's the team going to yeah do. I think he's going to be a little bit better than he was last year I don't think he's going to take any huge leaps these guys can make leaps and bounds you asked you know, me the question like, I gave you my answer I don't like your answer say what Zion is so Zion what do I expect for Zion this year this is a 70 game season I expect him to play less than 50 games I, I'm not predicting a big injury but I think they're going to limit his games he's going to play a few back to backs if they make the playoffs awesome but if it doesn't happen that's fine um, protect the asset is going to be big for them he's going to be exciting he's going to be on Sports Center. you're going to see a lot of highlight plays but as far as durability they're going to be real careful don't expect to see him on a lot of regular season games I expect Zion to flirt with a point per minute he is offensively great he's got like the quickest hops in the league like yeah. once he hits the ground he's back up there he's yeah. going to get so many offensive rebounds off his own misses and he's so strong and big and looking better than he did in the bubble it was hard not to 22 um, and 12 I think he could average Oh, I think he can average like 26 points. Oh, maybe. It could be. I, I, could I just don't know like, minutes-wise if he's going to be able to average 26 points. Well, I honestly could see him average 26 points on 31 minutes per game. Yeah, that's true. It could be. Um, it could be. I agree with you, though. Kitty Gloves, they are going to wrap Zion in bubble wrap this year. Yeah. Any little tweak or anything, he is not going to play through injuries. If he's not 100%, he's not suiting up. Yeah. And honestly, that might be the way we watch Zion for his entire career. I'm worried about like just the way his body is built up, right? Like, there's a lot of how athletic he is. And what do we What do we talk about in the bubble? The weight, right? The weight yeah. was a big issue in the bubble because he's be too a... big. Did he come in in better shape? Yeah. 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 We'll see. What's his? Do we? I don't actually know. I'm not gonna look it up. Apparently, what is lost, his, I mean, look. Did, did he lose weight? Yeah, they said he lost 25 pounds since his bubble. Do you know what, man? I'm so over the top in disbelief with these off-season reports of people's body transformations. Right. Usually they're inaccurate. They're overstated. Sure. I guarantee you he did not lose 25 pounds. I can see him losing 25 pounds. I think he ran on the treadmill for like 30 minutes. Oh, he's not he's- a treadmill guy. Somebody in that, you cannot put him on a treadmill. He does not have the knees for it. They have those water treadmills. Okay, if you if he spent all, all off-season in the pool, maybe. But anyway, you got any takes for Zion or Ja, or can we move on? Yeah, I think, well... I said my Zion take. I think he can flirt with a point per minute. I think he's like an amazing player. He's going to average probably 25 plus points per game. Look for that. Big highlights. 
not going to play a lot of games. I agree with you there. John Morant, I think after this year, you're going to be talking about him as the next big point guard. Maybe. I just don't think he'll get that credit if they're winning 28 games a season. Yeah, maybe. But like this guy is the next iteration of like the Russes, the D Roses, the John Walls. Yeah. He's better than John Wall, though. Because he's a better shooter and he's a better scorer. I mean, it's been a while since we saw John Wall, but people forget, like, John Wall was a baller when he yeah, was Yeah, but John Wall wasn't, like, I think John Moran can be a guy who's averaging mid-20s and stuff. That was never, points per game, plus, like, 10 assists. That was never John Wall. John Wall did not average that much. John Wall is, like, 19 points. Oh, 20. that's that's not true. Yeah, it is. This is such a terrible point. I almost want to cut and look it up just to come back and blast you. Fine. Okay, we cut and we're back. So, what's the highest that John Wall's ever averaged? 23. A little higher than I thought, but what is he mostly at? 19. Yeah. See, I think I was a little right about his game. I just thought he did it at least once. I'm like, everybody has that one breakout season, you know, where they average like a bunch of points and it's like a super peak, which he kind of did. I mean, John Wall just didn't have like a consistent jumper enough for that and like a consistent um, offensive game in general to get up to like that high echelon of scoring status. Yeah. Jaw's a little bit of a better shooter and offensively a lot more polished at this age. And I think they'll give him more free reign. Do you want to worry about that franchise, though? They've only had one good team. And by one team, I mean it's been the same dudes who were consistently great for multiple years. But outside of the uh, Zebo, Conley, Tony Allen, Gasol team, they've never had a good team. Ever. Yeah. Are they, is well, that franchise going to be able to rebuild into a new team that's competitive? I think so. I think they have a really good foundation with Jaw, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark is a good get. Jaron Jackson Jr., they're going to miss him because he got hurt in the bubble. Um, he is a very promising big man. Um, they have a very bright future. One thing on jaw to, to finish off. I worry about his injury potential just because of how explosive he is and how, what we've seen with some of these really explosive point guards. He's also a very slender dude. He's slender. Yes. But what I'm most concerned about that injury potential is how reckless he is on the court. Like he is putting himself in positions to hurt himself going way up there and taking contact and landing hard. He's going to have to learn kind of take care of his body a little bit more be a little bit more cautious pick and choose his moments to try to jump over a dude and dunk kind of thing he is balls to the wall all the time and you love that as a fan but you also realize this guy could hurt himself like let's put example a guy who's like pretty durable throughout his career like Kyle Lowry um doesn't do that shit (laughs) yeah no he's not a high flyer although he is on the floor a lot but yeah but he starts on the floor and then ends up further on the floor yeah point is we're good um Next, our CP3, Devin Booker, and the Suns finally going to make the playoffs. I think that they are going to make the play-in game. I do not think this team is going to be higher than the 7th seed, but in fact, I think they will be the ninth seed in this conference. So you're saying they can make the play-in tournament, but then they're probably going to lose the one or two games that they need to? Yeah, I can see that. I, I can see this team winning any game against any team on any given night. Right. Like, last time we saw them in the bubble, and I'm not saying this is, like, a real sample size because it's not. They went undefeated. So there is something there. You got another year of Devin Booker. You got another year of DeAndre Ayton. And now you have a real star with experience who can run and take some offensive pressure off Devin Booker so he's not getting quadruple teamed every time down the court. (laughs) Where did I have him? I had him as eighth, right? I had him squeaking in for the eighth seed. You tell me. Um, I had them as ninth. I had them under the Blazers. So, frankly, I would not be surprised if they ended up in the playoffs. I like how you just went through that whole little, like, rant thing there just to agree with me, I guess. Sometimes I do that. I got to kind of loop around. I got to disagree. <laughs> and I got to change my mind and come right back to the start. It's a roundabout. It's very European of you, Andrew. Correct. Yeah. No, but I know what you're saying. Look, is this team maybe overvaluing an eight-game stretch in the bubble? 
Perhaps, yes. perhaps, because this team was pretty trash prior to that. But has this team also had a decrepit history since Steve Nash of having point guards? Also, yes. CP3 is a huge upgrade, and he is going to pay very big dividends for this team. I think specifically to DeAndre Ayton. I think he is going to be able to get the ball to DeAndre Ayton in places where he can succeed. DeAndre has very, very soft hands. He projects to be a very promising offensive big man and a developing defensive game. He's a big guy. He's huge. I just see this as a very similar situation to what CP3 had in OKC last year. Young team, raw talent. He was able to kind of put it together. Yeah, run the show. Yeah. Um, D-Book is better than Shea, though. But Oh, yeah. No, I I like this team. Um, They don't have depth. They don't have depth outside of Aiden Paul and, and Booker. Really. I like look. I like I like McCall Bridges. Um, he's it's a not good, deep run playoff depth. Although I think they're a good team and a much improved team, because of how deep I see the West as being with lots of lots of good teams. Like every game they play is going to be basically against a good team. Like even the teams that are like quote unquote trash in this conference, like Minnesota. I don't see them contending for a playoff spot at all. But they have D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns and the number one pick in Anthony Edwards, they're going to be pretty good. The depth of this conference is better than the depth in the Eastern Conference, especially at the bottom levels. Yeah, not so, as deep as we've seen them in the past, but better than these. Like, could this team be a seventh seed in the Eastern Conference? Of course. Are we talking the Suns? Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But because they're in the Western Conference, I think there's a couple more solid teams. I think ninth, tenth is kind of where they, they're at. I think they'll play in the playing round. Maybe Anyone's guess it. if they yeah. get in. yeah. Okay, switching questions. What is the best and worst league pass team in this conference? I mean, the best league pass team in the West for me is the same one that was last year. I think it's still the Zion show. Good choice. Yeah, you just, like, every time he's playing, you're kind of holding your breath because you don't know what's going to happen. He's either going to put down the greatest poster of all time or he's going to go down with an injury. Like, you're constantly having to watch him. This guy's must-see TV. And frankly, we'll get into it on the next question. I don't want to tee it up, but I think Lonzo's going to have a big year. Lonzo? Yeah. Drew Holiday's gone. He's a starter now. He's going to get some better looks. He's going to get some minutes. Yeah. Um, him and Zoe are going to be a great one-two punch to watch. Not going to win many games, but it's going to be fun to watch. First of all, Lonzo is not the second punch in there. It's Brandon Ingram. So, I mean, one-two punch is in like a, a high-low <laughs> duo. Yeah. yeah, Ingram's the best yeah. player on that team. But You think Ingram's the best player on that team? I think Ingram is better than Zion, and it's it's not even close. Maybe Zion will surpass him one day, but Brandon Ingram you don't have is to double a... Da- you don't have to double down on your take because you got a little butthurt there. It's like not even close. It's definitely close if it is. I, I think you're grossly underestimating how good Brandon Ingram is. I love is. Brandon Ingram. Yeah. I don't think he's better than Zion, though. I, I think Zion's a better player than Brandon Ingram. I think that'll be, be borne out this year. I mean, they're so different. Obviously, they're so different, but like... But to say, but to say that it's not even close is definitely close. Maybe it's close-ish, but it's not like a toss-up. It's Ingram. Just based on the experience he has alone and like it's and the durability, it's Brandon Ingram. Brandon think, Ingram is a top 12 scorer in this league. He is a real 25 PPG per game guy. And you don't think Zion is? I think Zion could be. Zion could be, but like he, I don't know. No, I think Ingram is a better scorer than Zion. Perhaps. Yeah. I don't know if that team can defend, which makes him fun on league pass anyway. True. That's yeah. my team. You got who's your best league pass team for the West? I'm going with the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic. I think he is a guy that you just got to watch. After LeBron is gone, Luka Doncic might be the next guy. Yeah, Um, could be. But he's so different, though, eh? So different. They're different, but, like, he's Harden-esque, obviously, but he's just so exciting, so good at such a young age, and um, I love his mentality. I I just think, like, the the Mavericks are going to be a very fun team to watch. Frankly, there's a lot of really fun teams to watch in this conference. 
You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Warriors are going to be fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Maverick. I, I think mid-bottom uh, feeder teams. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to be fun to watch. Okay, well, let me tee you up for this. Who's your worst league pass team in the West? There's only one option here, and you have to say who it is. I think it's pretty obvious. I don't know. Well, I think there's two options, but I'm going to say the Spurs. Okay, that's clearly not the... No. You'd rather watch the Kings than DeMar and LaMarcus Aldridge. The answer here yeah. is the Kings. Well, I thought you were going to say OKC, so clearly there's more teams than we thought. No, I mean, OKC's got some... they got some Canadians. I like De'Aaron Fox. I understand that, but, like, De'Aaron Fox is, like... He's great, but he's going to be so unappreciated on the Kings. I appreciate it's, it's, him. I appreciate you do. Them. They got one viewer. <laughs> I think the answer is the Kings. Like outside of them, I don't, okay. they got Buddy Healed. And this out, is a subjective question. It's not objective. Subjective questions that disagree with me are wrong. That's just the way <laughs> I've always considered it. I don't like your opinion. Yeah, this is my reason for choosing the Spurs over the Kings because I did consider the Kings because they're the Kangs and they suck. Yeah, I kind of like the Aaron Fox. I kind of like Marvin Bagley. They have a fun young team. I just kind of see what they do. Will they be bad? Of course they're going to be bad. They're going to be terrible. They're going to be terrible forever. Yeah, Vivek Renadive was voted recently on The Athletic as the worst owner in the league, and this is something that's been kind of considered for a while. Think about you're worse than James Dolan. When you're going worse than that, you're a pretty bad owner. This team is just consistently terrible, and until they get it up top, they're never going to be good on the court. Do I truthfully think they need is a rebrand. The Raptors left the color purple, a while ago, I think the Kings need to do the same. Hmm, like that's when you an think interesting of the take. Kings, you think of the Bibby Weber, Doug Christie Kings because yeah. they haven't really accomplished anything since then. No. I think these guys need a rebrand and a fresh look. Their best moment is when they got absolutely hosed against the Lakers in the, yeah. in the playoffs, and that's their best moment ever. I know it sucks. Maybe they do need a rebrand, but for the meantime, De'Aaron Fox, fun player, but he healed. He can shoot. I like some of their players. Whereas the Spurs. They have veterans, and it's they're boring. boring. I get it. They're boring. They're just, yeah. n- there's no promise there. It's just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. As much fair. as I do like DeMar. But, so that's why. So you're going with the Kings and going with the Spurs. Okay. Switching questions now. Andrew, I'll ask you this. Who is the breakout player candidate for you in the Western Conference? I mentioned him earlier, so I will not belabor this point. It's Lonzo Ball. What do you think he can average this year? I don't really Give know as numbers. far as average. He's probably looking at like... 16 points, and I think he's going to flirt with 10 assists. I think you're looking at 16. You think 16 points? As a starting point guard on a running gun team? I don't think he's going to take that many shots. But 16 points, if you think about it, it's like it's five field goals. One of them could be a three, and then like get to the line a couple times. Like it's not super hard to amass as the starting PG. Not that many people can average that when you're like the fourth option on your team. No, no, but he's not the fourth. I would say he's the third, and literally it's four points a quarter. As a starting point guard. Can he do four points a quarter? Yeah, um, I think he can. I, I think 16 is a little too much for him, to be honest, right now. So you're looking at, like, 12 and 10? Lonzo's not a scorer. He no. can score, but he's no. not a scorer. He's, going, he's rounding into what I think ultimately will be a very solid all-around point guard. Yeah, I think so, he too. He can pass. He can rebound for his position. He can defend. He's in a great situation, right? Yeah. He started in L.A. with LeBron James coming in, right? Like, yeah. LeVar running his mouth. Big city. Big franchise. Lots of speculation on this team. Bad situation for him. Small market team now. Young team. This is a very good too much expectation. He's in the perfect spot. Especially because he's great in transition. He's always been great in transition yeah. since UCLA. They have a good transition team. They have team. a very good transition team. I would team. be very surprised if you came up with a better player for this than Lonzo. My pick is Shea Gilgris-Alexander, the okay. Canadian on OKC. He's really good. 
And he's also got great size, kind of like Alonzo, better scoring touch, and he's on a really shitty team that's going to give him the ball a lot and let him do things. I think he can average 20-plus points per game. I think people are going to start noticing him as like a potential fringe all-star guy. I think he will eventually make some all-star teams in his career. I think he's really good. And in fact, I think he's good enough where OKC is not going to be as bad as they hope to be this year. I don't know about that. I think they're still going to lose a lot of games. He might be good, but they're not going to win games. I think they might win too many games. I, I honestly do. I really? Think to be like, they're trying to tank. They're yeah. trying to straight up tank. And but you know what's funny? Like, they're trying to tank as if this franchise needs more draft picks. Well, they're... They have all of the draft picks. Yeah, but they're trying to make their draft picks better, and they can trade up for guys. Like, look, tanking only guarantees you a certain percentage chance of the first overall pick, right? Yeah. That you can drop back four spots. So um, having all those picks is obviously draft capital to either trade up or you can trade for a star, obviously. Like, what kind of logic is that? Like, we have all these picks, so, like, let's just I'm saying it, be... it could be a good time to start acquiring young talent, not speculative picks. No one's trading young talent, though. They want their young talent. you got to, like, get it in other forms. Okay. It's very rare to have young talent unless you're trading a star. They don't have any stars. They trade their stars. But I think Shea might be too good to allow them to truly tank. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of finish, like, 12th in the list. Yeah. Like, Fair. wouldn't be shocked. Okay. Um, Moving on. Next question. Most confusing team in the West. Who you got? We kind of already talked about them, but I got the Spurs. I don't know what this team is trying to do. They have no direction. Um, I feel like they're just kind of playing out the string with this current roster, and they'll eventually start a new rebuild after the season, but they're just kind of a depressing team. When I was preparing for this, I wrote what I like and dislike about these teams and wrote their rosters and everything. What I literally wrote for what I like about the Spurs, not a lot. Yeah, that's fair. I said this team is depressing, and it is. It, especially when you think about the teams of the past, like the 2014 Spurs, awesome team, fun team, a modern team with a good shot distribution. They have gone the complete opposite way. This team, currently as constructed, plays like the early 2000s, late 90s, taking way too many twos. They don't have any shooters, no really promising young uh, prospects on this team. This is a really sad team. Yeah, I mean, they got hosed out of Kawhi, basically. They gave him away for basically nothing. Um, DeMar, Turns out to be. Yeah, I mean, DeMar took his... I love DeMar, but he took his player option this year. They're probably going to No love for him. Jakob Pertl? No love at all, actually, yeah. I no. like Jakob Pertl. But he can look, defend the rim. Okay, but like is relative to who you got in return. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, listen, it's a good pick. I agree. I think it is the Spurs. You don't want to say one team? Just say Well, I, we talked about the Kings. I got the Kings, too, because I don't know how they managed to mess up that sign-and-trade for Bogdan with uh, Milwaukee. That They got nothing. He walked. Yeah, they let him just walk. It's not a good look. They don't know what they're doing. The Kings straight up don't know what they're doing. Correct. Like, I think, you know how fans say, I can run that team better yeah, than so-and-so? A lot of NBA fans could run the Kings better than how the Kings have been run the past, like, 10 years. They're a mess. Or, their entire history almost yeah okay last question andrew who is playing in the playing round this year in the west i have the blazers suns spurs pelicans and do what's funny is that i prepped for this ahead of time and now i immediately regret my decision <laughs> why uh, because i don't think the spurs are going to be there i like how i convinced you that listen i think the spurs would be there if they stuck with the aldridge derozan roster and played it out i think they would be at least the 10th seed, but I don't see that happening. So I don't believe this is the roster that's going to be there come playoff time, right. which means they're probably going to fall. Fair enough. 
Okay, for me, I think there's a clear top six in this conference. I have coming in at seventh, the Warriors, and they are going to play the Memphis Grizzlies. Wow, that's a bit of a stretch. You think so? Listen, you're right. There's a clear top six, and then I honestly think there's a clear top eight, and then after that, it's anybody's guess. So maybe it happens. Well, maybe clear top nine, because my uh, May 8th, 9th seed is going to be the Rockets versus the Suns. There's no way that Memphis is better than the Pelicans. You don't think so? No, man. They were last year. Yeah, but Zion was hurt. Uh, Lonzo was younger. Drew was in there. Didn't really fit with the young guys. John Morant was younger. Brandon Clark was younger. They're all they're all younger. Everyone literally was younger last year than they were there's this no, year. There's just no way. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's no, not pe- possible. Pe- no, it's not possible that the Pelicans finish below the Grizzlies. Okay, fair enough. Well, we'll see who wins out. But that was the Western Conference. Um, yeah, man. Anything else in the West? No, not at all. I would say the West is less intriguing than the East this year. I don't necessarily... I think they're both intriguing. I honestly... I think both conferences are pretty similar. Again, if you didn't catch our East preview, check that episode out. That's a separate one. Uh, We break down all the moves in the East. I'm good. You good with this? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, man.